All views and opinions expressed in this podcast may lead to learning. All information provided is for educational and developmental purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for a growth mindset. Before taking action, please consult your motivation. This is the Teacher Talking Time Podcast. Welcome to the Teacher Talking Time Podcast for Learners, the Cult of Learning. Those of you who are new to this podcast, the aim of our series is to encourage humans to find and pursue knowledge, while at the same time encouraging a passion in learning a foreign language. The Cult of Learning series are episodes for learners of languages. In these episodes, we discuss tools and strategies for learning, tools for better thinking, mindful productivity, meaningful living, and more importantly, we provide opportunities for effective listening practice. In today's episode, we will continue our saga on the science of habits. We will talk about how to actually, how long actually it takes to form a new habit. The story behind the magic number, 21, which is actually not true, but we will discuss this later. Good number, though. It is. Where it actually came from, and is it actually real? And why people actually got the wrong idea. The answer to all of these questions and much more you will find in this episode of The Cult of Learning. But before we get the ball rolling, we have a very few important reminders. If you are listening to our podcast, please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast player. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you want to learn more about the work that we do and the courses that we offer, don't forget to visit our website and subscribe to our newsletter for exclusive bonuses and promotions. Mike, we also have something else called the School of Learning. Yes, we do, Leo. Yeah. So um, if you are a language learner and you're tired of learning in a classroom, or maybe you just want to expand beyond the classroom, then you should really check out our School of Learning. Um, for $5, you get unlimited access to our School of Learning. Um, and it's a great little monthly subscription. In particular, um, you get to also get access to our quick fixes in our School of Learning, which are really nice little isolated mini lessons on things such as extending conversations or mastering the IELTS speaking exam, or even improving your IELTS writing score by using patterns. So quick fixes are great. They're only $10. Um, and again, there's lots of other self-study tasks there for you as part of the monthly membership of the School of Learning. Right on, right on. So, Mike, before we jump into this episode, let's kind of like look backwards first. In the first part of our series on habits, we talked about a definition for habits, and we've also looked at some interesting facts and statistics regarding Habits. Do you remember what the first one was? Oh, something about um, automaticity, right? And I think something like uh, that, that most of the things we do are automatic. That's right. That's 45%. That was the hmm. study by uh, Wendy Wood, where 45% of our daily behaviors are automatic. In other words, one out of every two minutes is spent doing something that we're not even aware of. Hmm. The second thing 
Um, I think it was that habits are a way for your brain to actually spare, save some energy, right? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, right? Because you're, as it said earlier, if you're doing it without thinking, then it frees up space for other things, right? That's right, that's right. We also talked about the fact that habits are never forgotten. Like regardless of how long it might take you to create or even break a habit, which we will get into shortly, we need to talk about the fact that habits are rarely forgotten. And we gave the example of that woman that every time she went horseback riding, it triggered this desire, this this yearn for a cigarette. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I can certainly empathize with that. Yeah. And the last one was how long it actually takes to form um, a mm. new habit. And that's where we're going to get into today. So, Mike, how mm-hmm. long do you actually think it takes to adopt a new habit? Oh, that's, that's a tough one. Like, just on my own experience, I'm, so first of all, habits are tough to start. And then I guess where we're going with this is that they're also difficult. New habits are difficult to maintain. But I think naturally, I'd say two months at least. Because we're going to play with this other number that you're going to present later on. But in my own, from my own experience, I think the first month is easy, right? It's yes. after that. Like you hear people talking about dry Januaries, which is meaning that you don't drink in January, but that's a month, right? So after that month, what happens to that habit? So I know we're going to talk about time periods, but for me, I think developing a habit needs at least two months to get the ball rolling. So that would be 60 days approximately. Yeah. Okay. Well, but there is a popular misconception, which has been around for a very long time. I would pinpoint it to around the 60s, that it takes approximately 21 days to either change or adopt a new habit. And this magic number is everywhere. Yeah, Magazines, yeah, Mm. advice columns, Instagram. Uh, self-help books, you name it. All kinds of stuff on Instagram. That's it. But it's a myth. It's a myth. Just like we we had our series on on language learning myths, we're going to be talking about um, habits, but the myth of the 21-day habit formation. So, So let's talk about the origins of this magic number. I don't know if you know this, but it all started with this man named... Um, Maxwell Maltz, who actually became very interested in systems and ideas which were related to the improvement of your self-image. Okay? Why was he so worried about self-image? Ah, he was a plastic surgeon. Okay, uh, right, right. I right. See so, so you can kind of like predict that the 21 days is mostly related to self-image. So he was a plastic surgeon. And how do you think he made the connection between the 21 days and habits? Something I'm, I'm thinking, is it related to recovery time? Right? Like I know mm. what's going on now as we record this, there's the COVID-19 outbreak <laughs> happening and people are wearing masks. And I saw a news story yesterday that was actually talking about <laughs> uptake in plastic surgery because there's, you have more time to recover because you're staying home and wearing oh. a mask and so on. Is it something like that? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it it's along those lines. Yeah. I didn't know about that, huh? People are. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw the news story yesterday. Yeah. They're getting more plastic surgery. Yeah. A couple of reasons. Weird. One, the recovery time. Two, Zoom. They want to look good on Zoom. So there's wow. a lot of kind of 
um, plastic surgery getting done that's connected to the face in particular. You know, it's funny you mentioned this is actually not related to the episode, but <laughs> sorry, <laughs> we're going folks. off on a tangent here. But <laughs> you know those, you know that Instagram, you have those filters, right? That you can change right. your appearance. Apparently, a lot of the plastic surgery that people are undergoing are because they want to look more like the person that they look like in those when they when they have those filters on on Instagram. So right, yeah. it's, messed yeah. it's messed up. It's messed up. I've heard of those cases. It's 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 out there. Yeah, it's out there. Yeah, yeah it's definitely changing but, um, the way yeah. people see themselves. I guess I I don't use yeah. those filters because I'm naturally um, you're naturally beautiful, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, just to go back to inside the doctor, and out, folks. That's right. So you know, yeah. Just to go back to the doctor, he actually noticed that it would take approximately 21 days for all his patients to get used to the result of their uh -huh. surgery. So going okay. back to this self-image. And it took him the same amount of days to adjust to these new routines. And mm. I actually have a quote here from, from his book, Psycho-Cybernetic in 1960. He said, these and many other commonly observed phenomena tend to show that it requires a minimum of about 21 days for an old mental image to dissolve and a new one to gel. Okay. So then the magic number of 21 is, is kind of extrapolated um, to habits. And, and I guess he went from there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's basically it. But people forget, or at the time they forgot to take into account two very important things. Hmm. Number one, his, worked, his work actually was focused on the improvement of, of people's self-image, which again, if you look better, that might lead to a more successful life, but not habit formation. And he also wrote, oh, okay. going back to the quote, that it takes, and I quote, a minimum, he said this, a minimum of about 21 days. So the question for you is, what are the implications of this? Yeah, so first of all, he must have sold a lot of books because... That's like a nice little quick fix. Now we have quick fixes in our school of learning, but they're different, right? You could, <laughs> those are actually lessons where you're working with stuff. However, yeah, I can kind of see people in the 60s saying, oh, 21 days to do X, Y, and Z. Right. That sounds like a great routine. So first of all, I think it's a great little marketing um, tool. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I don't know, maybe people quit after the 21 days or they, they kind of say, um, I get to that 21 days and it's a finished thing. Like it's not ongoing, yeah. which is something we've talked about. Mm -hmm. Well, I think they forget to consider the, 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 the word minimum. Right. It's a minimum of 21 days. So it could <laughs> be, yeah. yeah, the key word is minimum here. So I think it could be, and I think more, more often than not is more. But why did we adopt this 21 idea then? This 21 day idea then? Well, I think, and this is our hypothesis is it's short. And I think you said this, Mike, people really want, we are obsessed with, with, with instant gratification, with fast results. You want to learn a language in 21 days. You want to lose weight in 21 days. You want to, what else can we do in 21 days? I learned, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> what else can we do? Uh, learn code. So you That's can right. Learn how to code. That's it. Days. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Or, or boost your Instagram account in 21 days. So 21 days is literally three weeks, which is shorter than a month. So if you think about this, our brain works on immediate rewards. So 
if something takes longer, if I say to you, oh, learning a language is going to take you 10 years, <laughs> you're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if losing weight is going to take you 10 years, you're not going to do it. But if you I don't say even 20, want to get started, it's, that's just, it. it's too, it's too but, far out. There. But the yeah. 21 days is long enough to sound realistic and even reasonable. And I think that's why people, coaches, trainers, uh, um, self-help authors, they all piggybacked on this on this to sell basically anything, how to eat healthy, how to learn English, blah, blah, blah. But the question that remains mostly unanswered is, how long does it actually take to adopt a new habit? Yeah. And just, I mean, before we go on, also, I think it's important to just start, right? Mm -hmm. And so I can see this attraction because part of any habit, any goal is starting, right? Mm -hmm. And I kind of like, yes, 10 years is a long time, but, but there is a genuine attraction to it. At least after 21 days, I will have learned maybe 21 words in Japanese, right? So there's this kind of starting point. But, but I, I, think, I think you're right. It's, it's, it's not the 21. The keyword is the minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of how long does it actually take? Um, now I'm starting to reconsider my two months, right? <laughs> because if things are automatic, then it seems to me that it's more of an everyday thing. And I think this connects to what you just said about getting started, because there's a quote by um, our, our good philosopher friend Epictetus way back in, <laughs> way before the Roman the 1970s? Empire. 1970s? No, no, no like way, that. way back. No. He said that, because you said that the most important thing is to, to start. Every action that we take is a vote for that type of person, that image that you, of that person that you want to, that you wish to become. So right. Epictetus said, every habit and capability is confirmed and grows in its corresponding actions. Walking by walking, running by running. Therefore, if you want to do something, make a habit of it. So do it. That's right. In other words, yeah. 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 So there's no single instance that will transform your beliefs or that will transform you into the kind of person that you want to become. But as you're constantly doing those reps, there's those reps, I think that the evidence of your new identity becomes more, more clear. Like if you, for example, if you've been writing every day for five years, you can call yourself a writer. If you run every day or four times a week, you can call yourself a runner. But a person that runs for 21 days is not a runner. Right, right. And I'm just thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, please. I was just going to say what we have learned about habits shows us that in order for us to actually adopt new habits, Mike, as you said, we just need to keep getting these these reps in. In this case, by making, as Epictetus said, making a habit of it with corresponding actions. And I think we, we seem to forget that. If you want yeah. to be a healthy person, what do you need to do? What does what is the identity of a healthy person looks like? Yeah. Well, they look like Tom Brady. Sorry if you're not a Tom Brady fan, but but I mean he's a great example, right? Mm. Like um if if you want to look great in your 40s, then you need to say look at Tom Brady and see what it takes yes. to look great in your 40s and not and perform at a high level, right? And if you're joining us from outside of North America, Tom Brady is a uh, celebrity uh, well, quarterback, um, which is a position of football player in the mm-hmm. uh, National Football League. And he but, is um, what, 43? 
40. I think he's a little bit older than me. I don't want to give away my age, but yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> but he's in his forties. Right. And he, he certainly doesn't look it. And I think if you're playing a physical sport like American football, um, it's not something a lot of 40 year olds do. He's right? 43, so, Mike. There we go. 43. Yeah. And he's still playing in, in, uh, in the, the, the best football league in the world right and he's and still like and he's still yeah. like at the top of his game right yeah i think say? i i would say he's still obviously he won a super bowl so <laughs> put the right players around him like uh like yeah. certain other athletes and it's uh, like cristiano ronaldo cristiano ronaldo go. is still playing at he's what 37 almost 37 now is he that old yes but he's still playing at that level mm-hmm. it goes to show mike that our brain is not fixed just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, so you can continue to kind of grow and cultivate these new skills, right? Mm-hmm. Even regardless of your age. Yeah. yeah. And that's what we call the growth mindset, because when you have this growth mindset, you believe that your most basic abilities can be developed through two things, dedication and hard work. Brains, talent, these are just the starting points. Like, if you think about this, Ronaldo or Brady, the only reason why they are at this level is because they've developed this through dedication and hard work. And, right. and I think the beauty of this growth mindset is that it really allows you or, or provides affordances for you to, to create, for you to develop, or for you to cultivate this love of learning and, and, and resilience, which I believe and we all believe that is essential for any type of accomplishment that you want to have in your life. Yeah, and and I think if you were to ask their teammates, they'd probably say that yeah, Ronaldo's the hardest working player on our mm-hmm. team, or Tom Brady is the yeah. um, the hardest worker or, or most balanced because he's probably having to to take days off as well. But the most balanced athlete on our team, and um, and I think I, that goes back to this quote, right? Mm-hmm. There's an example, a bad example of a of a person who didn't dedicate themselves to 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 their craft to their talent and didn't do the hard work which is Ronaldinho that football player Brazilian football player okay. who was very talented very skilled but eventually stopped training and and started, I think he was drinking a lot and partying and that lifestyle is not compatible with the lifestyle of a football player of a, of a soccer player in that case so yeah. so let's no. Yeah, go it's, ahead. It's that voting, right? Voting mm-hmm. for choices, right? You're mm-hmm. voting every day you wake up. You're going to make a vote, place a vote for the type That's of person it. you want to be. That's yeah. It. yeah. So when you think about how long it takes to form a new habit, I think we're going to look at a, at a research article here, Mike, by, by uh, Dr. Philippa Lally, who was a, a health psychology researcher okay. at the University College in London. And she published a study where she decided to figure out just how long it actually takes to form a habit in everyday life. It's very important to state that her work, like her research, focused primarily on habit formation. And, and the second one was weight control. So let's talk hmm. a little bit about, Mike, can you tell us a little bit about the study? Yeah, so the, the study itself, um, I'm not terribly familiar with it. But um, again, like you said, it was basically looking at um, different everyday habits or the habit formation of some like everyday individuals. And they were looking at, um, you know, uh, eating or drinking. Um, and uh, they were what kind of looking at their lifestyle for 12 weeks or something like that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And at the end of each day, Mike, they were asked to complete a form saying whether or not they actually did the behavior activity and how that be how automatic the behavior um, felt. And that was kind of like related to the goal. The goal was to really try to understand how long it would take for the participants in the study to build a consistent habit, to go from starting a new behavior to automatically doing it. And I don't think that in 21, in 21 days, you can go from starting something and then automatically um, doing it. So right. the results and, then, yeah. It's, and it. then going back and forth, right? Because I'm sure some people regressed and, and, and whatnot. Oh, well. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I have an app. We're going to be talking about this in the last episode of the series. I have a, a, an app here called um, Streaks. And it's basically, I'm checking every day. I'm checking how many of the habits that I want to adopt I'm completing. And at the end of the month, it gives me both quantitative and qualitative data for me to analyze. But we will talk about this in the next episode. So the results were very interesting because there is no fixed answer or a universal number across all the participants. So it didn't take 21 days. In fact, the number of days that took a person to form a new habit varied tremendously between, and even, even lower than 21 days, between 18 days to 254 days. Yeah, so that's, that's really interesting because what that tells me is we always talk about piggybacking habits, right? Mm -hmm. So I see Leo's doing something great and I want to emulate him so that I develop that same habit. But really, I guess it's also there are individual differences, right? That, that, yes. that just because you're at one level uh, doesn't necessarily mean that I'll be at that same level after the same period of time, exactly. which tells me that we need to be patient with ourselves mm -hmm. as we're going through this as well. And maybe not even spend too much time comparing ourselves to others, but rather just working on our ourselves and just trying to put the pressure, not pressure, but put yeah. the responsibility back on ourselves to just be better each day. Mm -hmm. um, and I think language learning is a good example because a lot of students get frustrated because they're not as fluent as their friend, Jessica, or right. they, uh, they, they're confident, but they're always worried about how many mistakes they're making um, based on other people's feedback. And I think right. that this tells me that if it isn't universal, then it's something we each need to work on individually exactly. and grow that way, right? Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. I studied English in a classroom for years, but felt I was not improving and not having fun either. I did not know how to learn a language. Then I found the Learn Your English online membership. My name is Victor and I am an LYE member. This membership is for people who are passionate about learning English in their own way. These are not classes. This is learning outside of the classroom. We learn by participating in activities just for us, effective and fun. The special thing about the community is that the teachers will do anything they can to find the best way for you to learn. In my case, it has been through philosophy, psychology and life in general. Head over to the Learn Your English website for all the details. That is learnyourenglish.com. Ready to take control of your learning? Join me today in the Learn Your English student community. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Alex, and I'm from China. And now you're listening to Teacher Talking Time, the Learn Your English podcast. So if you are learning a language 
and we compared to the results of the study, it took about two months on average, 66 days to be quite exact and precise here, before any habit or behavior becomes automatic. So as a language learner, you need to actually put in those reps for at least 66 days before that behavior becomes automatic. So if you want to improve your writing, then you have to write every day, maybe have a little writing prompt every day for 66 days. And of course, there are other things that are, as you said, Mike, your behavior, um, the environment plays a very important role here. We can talk about that in a future episode. But what all of this is suggesting is that, as you said, Mike, managing your expectations, right? It will probably take any of us between two months to eight months to build any any new behavior into our lives, not 21 <laughs> yeah, days. Not the 21 days, no, yeah. no. And there was a finding that I, I underlined here that I want us to talk about from the research is that she said, missing one opportunity to perform the behavior did not materially affect the habit formation process. What does that mean, Mike, to you? Yeah, I, I, for me, it, tells, it says if, if you mess up once, don't panic, don't give up, right? That, that, that messing up is natural, reverting is natural, but don't make a habit of messing up, yes. right? It's important to, it's okay to mess up once, but what's important is not to miss or mess up twice, right? Yes. I have, a, I have a, a bit of a model here, Mike, for myself is it's okay for me to miss one day of meditation. It's okay for me to miss one day of, of my workouts, but I never miss twice in a row. Why? <laughs> because I know myself. If I miss right. two days in a row, man, the third it's a day- new habit. The third day, it's because I I honestly think that we build. I don't know if you believe in this, but I'm going to throw this out out to everyone listening. You build negative momentum. You don't do it one day. It's okay. You didn't feel like it today. It was a bad day. You just didn't want to do it. But if you miss it for two days, then you already have. you've, You've built this negative momentum around you and it becomes more difficult for you to start again. Right. What do you think? What do you think about that? No, I, I agree with that. And I think that second day, it's important just to show up. So this yes. is something we've talked about in earlier episodes, folks, where we said, you know, show up, even if you're so say you're trying to um, learn a new language, even if you study for 10 minutes, and you, you focus on one phrase or one aspect of grammar for that 10 minutes, it's better than not doing it. If you mm-hmm. go back to what Leo said, you're not missing it two consecutive times in a row, right? Mm-hmm. What you need to do is just show up, just do the bare minimum. Um, you're still going to feel great. And then the next day that habit will still be there. Uh, mm-hmm. I had a great case in point uh, today, I, I woke up and I really didn't want to exercise this morning. But I but you know what, I started my little um, hit routine, high intensity interval training routine. And after the first set, I, um, I thought, Oh, I can definitely do the other two, two sets now. So it, it, it's, it's it just, just goes started. to show you, just show up, right? Yeah, yeah. It was funny because I remember uh, reading a study a long time ago about, um, they were talking about this. It was one guy who wanted to make, um, I think he wanted to build a habit of going to the gym. But in his mind, he was always saying, I want to go to the gym for one hour every day. And the researcher said, no, 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 just, just, show, just put on your shoes every day and get ready to go to the gym. You don't have to go to the gym. You just have to put on your shoes and put on your gym clothes 
And then if you feel like going, you can go. And he did that for a few days. And then eventually he started going to the gym. But then he would go to the gym, but he wouldn't exercise. But he would still okay. go to the gym. Eventually, Mike, he would go to the gym and, and, and exercise for five minutes. And then later, five more minutes. And then 10 minutes. And then eventually, <laughs> he built it yeah. up and he was doing it. He was going to the gym like four times a week. And then it becomes a habit, right? It's That's that, right. It's that day-to-day routine yeah, yeah. we also f- he probably yeah. lost a lot of lost more weight or got a little bit healthier faster than others because mm-hmm. if you're going there full on and you're really exerting yourself heavily then you also might need more recovery time so you Absolutely. might actually hurt yourself or or um, miss days as a result of overexertion. so there are there are some trainers who rep- who actually recommend going to a gym doing what's just just do enough to make you whatever you're comfortable with energy to get the endorphins flowing and then go home so that you're still hungry the next day to, to work out more. And maybe language learning is like that. Maybe when you're learning code, it's like that. Don't overwhelm yourself. Yes. Find that sweet spot where you could learn more, but you're not going to, because it's going to make you hungry to wake up the next day and study more. And I think that's the problem with language learning is that, we, I think most students, they, they spend too much time thinking about what to study, how to do it, like simplify it. You got to keep it Mm. simple. Just, I'm going to listen to a podcast. I'm going to watch a movie in English without subtitles. Do something that you enjoy in the language because complexity should only come later on. If you say to me, Leo, you're going to start exercising and you're going to start doing like compound movements at the gym. I'm not going to go. <laughs> I'm not going to do it because, oh, you're going to do some Olympic uh, weightlifting. I'm not going to do it because that sounds scary. Mm-hmm. Right? And we, and we forget. Yeah. We, no, I was just going to add that we forget that some habits are more complex. The, the, the element of complexity. Some habits are more complex than others. For example, if I'm looking at some of my habits right now, Mike, one of them is to meditate twice a day. I've been hitting one a day. I haven't been hitting the second. But like, there are other habits. For example, drinking water, two liters of water is simpler than building a meditation habit. Right. So we need to, to take that into consideration. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, I was just going to say, like, you know, even the School of Learning, um, a lot of the members in the School of Learning who are accessing the activities, they're like, these activities are really straight into the point. And that's the whole purpose behind them. It's so that you have concentrated focus on one element. Mm-hmm. And then there's still a little hunger there to maybe wake up the next day and do another activity, right? We're not trying to bombard people with information because right. Leo just pointed out, it doesn't work that way. It's all about just choosing a time and doing it and then, and then moving on. Yeah, yeah. And I think consistency, Mike, as you said, is important. And we talked about this before. Rome wasn't built in a day. For a lot of people, 21 days, you know, they might be a little bit disappointed because, oh, Leo, 21 days, that's so short. Well, remember that Rome wasn't built in a day. So focusing on the process, you don't have to do it all today. Just brick lay one brick. brick. Brick by brick. I love that. So, Mike, I would like to give our listeners um, three guidelines to follow so they can get started with forming habits. So the first one, and I don't know if you're going to agree with me, but I like this. Be impatient with your actions and be patient with your results. 
Yeah. I mentioned the word patience and I think like I was focusing on the results side of it, but I think you're right. There has to be a sense of urgency, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And I think I go back to what I said earlier, um, just focus on doing or performing the behavior regardless of how perfect it is, right? Mm -hmm. So show up, I think is really, really key. And, And yeah, maybe your workout doesn't go to plan. Maybe that paragraph that you you wrote if you're if you're writing or or maybe the resume that you're trying to design to get that dream job doesn't look I don't want to doesn't look shit hot right now mm-hmm. but but again um, by showing up and working on that resume working on that writing that's showing the stubborn consistency I like you're gonna that. actually get to that goal right and I was even thinking about this um, what I like about science is that scientists know how to fail so embracing like failing like a scientist embracing the experimental nature of life because life is all about experimenting and learning is very experiential so everything is an experiment every failure is a learning opportunity for you that's the first one the second one and i think we've talked about this in our seven c's there is a bit of an overlap here but it's the journey you got to focus on the journey and what does that mean well yeah you it's it's that you can't just focus on the end result. You have to enjoy the day to day process, the the actual um, doing of the of the activity. So you're going to develop this kind of capacity to, uh, to really enjoy um, the day to day journey. That that's the seventh C, Mike. A capacity. Yeah. That's the seventh C. Yeah. Have you ever not heard? Be judgmental, right? Uh. Like not not judge yourself too hard because I think. Um, and this goes back to what we've said already. Focusing on negativity is not really great. It's focusing on those successes. My supervisor always says, even if you write a sentence, that's that's fine. Because mm. at least then you've made some progress. That right? sentence so. is usually very hard, right? When you sit and you stare yeah. at that blank Microsoft Word screen or Google Doc screen and you're like, oh man, what do I write? Yeah. But you know what? Usually after that sentence, it triggers another idea. Uh. And then it goes. So it's, you know, there's, there's this kind of rhyme, rhyme to the reason. The other thing I think is um, going back to enjoying the process. Um, it's, it's realizing that you're learning every day. So, mm-hmm. so this is an educational podcast. I recently had to write three extensive essays as part of my PhD studies. And um, it was awful at the beginning because I was just trying to finish it. And I wanted to think, oh, what does the audience need to know about this? And it was all really external. And it wasn't until I started reading more that I realized, you know what? I don't really care about the essay. I just want to learn as much as possible uh, about these ideas. And then eventually I'll share those new thoughts and new, new, new knowledge with the audience. That's a very and then I ended mind up writing the paper on my terms. Uh, Before, I was writing it for what I thought other people wanted to read. But then it became more of a celebration of what I learned. And it was much easier to write. So turning again, the key, yeah. It's just enjoying, enjoying going in and doing the work, right? Much like gym people, they they like going to the gym. They probably yes. like the vibe of being. Yeah, there, right. It's funny because I was actually reading something about the the ten years of silence. I don't know if you've heard of this, but mm. um, I I thought it would fit into this fit in with this uh, episode today because it talks about how. Not a single person produced any sort of incredible work without putting in a decade of practice first. 
Even geniuses like Mozart had to work for at least 10 years before they produced something that became popular. And there's a, a guy, his name is Professor Hayes, began to refer to this period, which was, again, all that hard work and very little recognition as the 10 years of silence. So a question for, for all of you, for uh, something for everyone to reflect on, Mike, is this, have you experienced your 10 years of silence. It doesn't mean that when you're learning a language, you shouldn't talk for 10 years. It just means you have to put, you have to put in this 10 years of hard work, little recognition. Mm. And us as a company, we haven't even put in our 10 years yet. Not yet. No, but we're no, getting no. there. We're showing up. Yeah, we show yeah. up every day. But it's interesting. I'd love to see how this is applied to other fields. So I know one of my good friends, not our Andrew at Learn Your English, but my really good friend, Andrew, who's a, he designs apps and he manages a team and he's, he listens to the podcast. I'd really like to kind of find out like how it works in that field, right? Where mm -hmm. things change so quickly and then you're forced to kind of go along with it. But how do you also maintain that, um, that surety, right? That sense mm -hmm. of confidence and, and kind of build that knowledge as you go along, it's, uh, it's hard in spite of all these changes, right? It's hard. Happening. 10 years, man, 10 years without any recognition and just working hard until you can actually get something. Mm. Not easy, not easy. But that said, you got to focus on the journey as you, as you wisely said, Mike. And the last one, actually not the last one, the third one, because we, uh, we have one more. It's this idea that less is more, right? Scaling yeah. down our goals, scaling up our ambition. And I have a very personal example about this, Mike, but there is also research by Soman and, and Zhao who basically said the fewer goals, the better. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, so my example is very simple. In January, I wanted to implement these 10 new habits into my life. <laughs> <laughs> 10 habits. Now imagine 10 habits. I failed miserably. <laughs> Why? Because 10 habits in a month for me to implement way too much. Way I too prioritize much, yeah. a few and I forgot about others. And I was like, ah, I'm not going to do that. For example, one of them was to create, um, what was it? It was to create um, Instagram reels. I haven't created a single one. Why? Because I don't <laughs> want to do it. I don't want to do it. But I think the lesson here is very simple. What the research is suggesting is that fewer goals always um, better than too many goals. How does that apply to language learning? That's a good question. Yeah, yeah. I think hmm, it's definitely choosing something mm -hmm. that that you really want to improve, right? And I, yeah. I think I think for for a lot of language learners, especially if you're not living in a country where English is spoken, I think I think the key thing is to get out and find a way to use to to use what you know, because language learning is a little different from, say, learning about history, where you can kind of passively mm -hmm. um, read it. Now, of course, you can do more active things. Leo, you're, you're big on creating presentations mm -hmm. um, or some sort of product with what you've learned. But it's, it's, it's a project. Language learning is different, right? Language yeah. learning, you actually have to do it to actually yeah. move forward, right? So, so for, for me, I think a good starting point is, yeah, you have to identify what that one thing is going to be. but but for language learning, it's, it's very much finding opportunities to, to yeah. use it. Yeah. And the last guideline that we have to provide is learning how to learn. It's this habit formation. Mm. I, when I think about habit formation, I always associate that to a journey 
of self-discovery. Um, and when you're learning about yourself, you're thinking about how you think. You are learning about how you learn. And you are understanding why you fail. And that actually becomes, or, or that actually makes you understand these, what we call in, 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 um, in second language learning, or in, in, metacog- in cognition or cognitive science is what we call metacognitive skills, which is this idea of thinking about thinking, knowing about knowing, which can help, but they take time. They take time to develop, right? So when you're working on your habits, um, I think being aware of your own awareness can help you understand what the best strategies are for you to, for learning and for problem solving. For example, for me, it's know, is knowing that when I'm meditating, I can, I'm aware of where my mind is going. This morning I was doing a meditation and my mind went into like 10 different places in less than a minute, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But I, w- I was aware. That happens to me all the time. Yeah. I yeah. was aware of that. I was like, well, we'll come back here. Let's focus on our breathing. It's, in- it's insane how the brain is just constantly finding ways to escape. So if you understand what helps you with habit formation, and what's preventing you from habit creation, then I think you are more likely to, um, to implement those habits or to adopt these, these habits. With language learning, when I think about language learning, Mike, it's like, if I don't like doing gap fills online, why am I going to do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? But if I enjoy listening, if I enjoy philosophy and I want to learn more about Aristotle, then I'm going to watch a lecture about Aristotle in English. That's more likely to help me create a habit to develop my listening skills. Yeah, there's something inside. There's something intrinsic about that, right? You're you're growing as an individual, not just learning learning the language. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as you're speaking there, Liam, I'm kind of reminded of this reflective cycle. I think it was Kolb's that came up with this reflective cycle of, of... of experiencing something, but then thinking a little bit about what worked, what didn't work, mm. thinking about some reasons or some solutions that might might help you going forward, and then experimenting with those. Goes back to what you said about scientists. Yeah, right? I was going to so, say that. So habit requires a little bit of this scientific process of a of a experience something, thinking conceptually what what's at play here. Why mm-hmm. why did I fail? Why did I skip that day? Um, what are some solutions? Maybe I'll put my my um, sneakers next to the door. And then thinking back to that gentleman you were talking about earlier, and um, and put those shoes on, and then experiment with that and see yeah. see how it works, right? Yeah. And then reflect: was that successful? Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Why? And, and so on. So mm-hmm. it's then getting away from linear, right? There's no yes. end point. It's this ongoing. Um, Process. I love that. I and love it's, that. it's a lifelong journey, as we mm-hmm. said earlier. Yeah, no, absolutely. So what's the long and short of it? Well, three things. Speed doesn't really help. It's not a very good measure of performance. Oh, I want to do this in 21 days. It doesn't really help because it, it's less likely to stick. As you said, Mike, it's really important for us to take our time, to enjoy this, the process, to develop this capacity to enjoy the process. and. Again, our, our brick by brick idea of Rome wasn't built in a day, small incremental improvements. 1% a day counts for a lot in the long run. If you work out every day for five minutes, it's better than doing four workouts of an hour. Right. So, yeah. 
Yeah. And that's the way like finance works that way, mm-hmm. right? You put some money in and then it grows over time that's and it. then you get good, that good analogy. You yes. Get that pay payout, that larger payout down the road. Yeah. And what you said too, Mike, learning the path from the habits that you have already created so you can transfer that to the next habit you are trying to form. With me, writing is not a, a problem anymore because I do that every day. And I know you, you, you mentioned this, that sometimes you struggle with writing your reflections and you want to skip it. But like, mm-hmm. I feel like you eventually understand how it works now for you, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and again, you see how this new habit also helps you with other things. So, so by writing my reflection every day, it's actually helping me when I write my essays. I'm thinking about synthesizing what certain people are saying. So if I'm writing my reflection, I'm looking at what Epictetus said, and I'm connecting it to maybe what my Fred Rogers calendar has said and seeing if those themes connect. Mm -hmm. So when I do my essay writing, I'm doing the same. I'm looking at a concept and I'm seeing what different people have said about that concept. And I'm combining those different um, points of view. And I just... Yeah, and I think to go back to what you said earlier about um, about building on um, previous habits, I think one of our earlier episodes was was confidence, right, Leo? We talked mm-hmm. a little bit about one of the seven C's, and it was number two. confidence and and, and knowing that that you were successful in the past, mm-hmm. that you have established a good habit or have achieved a goal, and to go back and look at that experience and think and borrow right borrow mm-hmm. from that what were those why was it successful how can i apply those same mm-hmm. processes to this new habit i'm trying to create absolutely absolutely folks we have come to the end of this episode which is not the last episode of our series but on the last episode which <laughs> is going to be episode number 3 we will talk a little bit more about how to make the process of creating habits easier and more importantly, tools that you can use to track your habits. So thank you for listening. Mike, thanks for joining me again. Thank you, Leo. Yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Um, And again, thanks for uh, folks who have contacted us to reach out, to comment on the podcast. Thanks for doing so. Leo, Leo has done a fantastic job with our Instagram page. Really, if you're not following us um, at Learn Your English, um, you're missing out. He does a great job. Don't worry about the reels, brother. Uh, (laughs) You can get to that later. Yeah. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, catch you on the flip side. You've been listening to Teacher Talking Time, brought to you by Learn Your English. Ready to take control of your education? You're in the right place. Teaching, professional development, learning. Expand your world with Learn Your English.